Thank you for tuning into the Chapel Valley Church Podcast. Today we wanted to share a special teaching from Pastor Jeremiah Jenin. We hope this message encourages you and builds a deeper level of faith in you. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this message. Yes, good morning, good morning. That is our, that was our last full Christmas in the park event. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that was just a little recap of, that was almost three years ago now, which is crazy. That was in 2019 and, um, we have gone through some transition. Things have obviously changed over the last couple of years, but who's excited? It's back. We're back. Um, I don't know. We're getting a lot of contact through just our online forms and our website and people are just, thank you. We're so excited that this is back and we're looking forward to it. Um, we've had so many RSVPs for Christmas in the parking lot. Um, now that is, uh, yeah, we're kind of switching over the name here in just in a little bit, but it is actually going to be an indoor and outdoor event. And so we're going to have Christmas tree giveaway, which will be mostly outside, but we are going to also be having a lot of fun, uh, inside as well, uh, treats, crafts, games, and all of those things. And so our community is looking forward to it. I know we're new in this neck of the woods. And so we're going to be having some signage put being put out today, uh, during our decorating event, which is also today. How many of you have noticed some of of the Christmas trees that are up. How many, how many of you would say I'm offended by those trees that are up before Thanksgiving? Okay. I know there's some of you that are like, what is going on here? Um, yes, no, it's, I know this is a polarizing thing, but did you know it is, it is Thanksgiving week this week, right? Thanksgiving is this week. And so we got to get ready. And so we want to be prepared. So today after service, We're going to be having a Christmas decorating party that we would love for you to come and be a part of. Um, We're going to have all things organized. We're going to get the ornaments out. We got trees that need to be lit and ornaments to put up and Christmas music will be playing. Um, And if you need earplugs, let me know um, because it isn't Thanksgiving just yet. Um, We even have the couple tree bags. This is the big, big tree. This is the tree that's going to be. It's the tree of all trees uh, that's going to be put up today. And so, um, but we're going to have food. We're going to have fellowship today after service. So be sure to stick around for that. Um, also, at, for Thanksgiving weekend, we are going to be doing our full and focused event, uh, which is where we deliver meals morning, noon, and evening for the local police. And so we would love for you to contribute. We are going to be providing the meals, but we do need people to prep them, which means basically to warm them up and to deliver them. And so if you would like to contribute and be a part of that process of delivery and just giving thanks for our police, how many of you are thankful for our police, right? And everything that they do, um, we want to make sure that they are seen, that they are recognized and that they are loved. And so that is a way that we can demonstrate that. Um, And so if you want to contribute, go to Chapel Valley right now. If everybody could just go to chapelvalley.org slash connect, okay? Chapelvalley.org slash connect. And there you're going to find all sorts of links and information about upcoming events. But you'll also see a sign up for the full and focused Thanksgiving event. Uh, If you would like to deliver a meal, please, and prep and or deliver a meal, please sign up for that. Um, That really goes a long way. 
Also, uh, if you would like to serve in any way for the upcoming Christmas events that we have, we have Christmas in the parking lot, which we already talked about. Um, but we also have Christmas services, decor. There are different ways for you to be involved this Christmas. And so on that same page at chapelvalley.org slash connect, um, you'll find a uh, partner with Chris, uh, Chapel Valley at Christmas or partner with us at Christmas, something along those lines. Um, and you'll find links there. Finally, we have uh, something we like to do for our Christmas in the parking lot event. We have these tree tags, right? Uh, these tree tags represent trees that we will be giving to those in our community. We do a tree giveaway. We are giving away a hundred Christmas trees this Christmas. And we love for you to partner with us by gifting a tree to someone in the community. When you do that, we have these tags that you can fill out and you can write an encouraging message, write a prayer or a scripture, um, just a positive message that really allows us to bring hope to people who are receiving these trees. Um, and then we attach these to the trees that we give away. And we have heard testimonies and stories and people are like, the tree is, has been in my home for the whole month. It's beautiful. And our favorite ornament is a Christmas in the park tree tag, right? And so they love this. This is an awesome way for us to continue to be light um, in the darkness, to share hope that we have been given. And so be sure to sponsor a tree. Um, you can also do that at our at the same thing at the Connect page. Um, and if you do give online, don't forget to pick up your tree tags at the desk um, after service, okay? Are we all clear? Everybody good? All right. Well, who's ready to go into the Word this morning? Woo! I feel like I just like, huh, how am I out of breath? Talking too fast and everybody just say, slow down, man. Too much coffee this morning. Too much coffee. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 16 this morning. Matthew 16. And um, what we're talking about today is, I believe, uh, something that the Lord is inviting us into and something that is so transformative and so powerful and so intimate all at the same time. But we've been in a series called Kingdom Come, and we've been talking about uh, how it is the Lord's heart for revival, always. That he wants to establish his kingdom here on earth. And the primary way that he does that is through us, is through his church. And so we've been talking about the things that he has given us. That, that when we walk in those things, when we partner with those things, we see his kingdom established everywhere that we go. Amen. And we've been in our primary key scripture out of Matthew chapter six, verse 33, which says, but seek first, everybody say seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And how many of you know, this is something that needs to be a priority in our lives. That if you are a believer in Jesus, that his kingdom should take precedence. It should be our priority. It should be what we pursue. It should be what we're after. It should be our goal and what we look forward to when we talk about our daily life. And so we've been in this series called Kingdom Come, but we need to know what he has given us to see his kingdom established wherever we go. And today we're going to be talking about revelation power, revelation power. Can we just pray and just welcome the Lord in this time? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is power. Lord, that your word is, is not just a bunch of wisdom, 
or things that are mostly true. No, your word is eternal. Your word is power. And your word comes straight from your mouth. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would give us today ears to hear what you, what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I had you turn to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 13 this morning. Um, and many of you have heard this story before, but Matthew 16, starting at verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So notice Jesus says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And notice the disciples respond with everything that they've heard, right? Maybe they heard it uh, when they were walking through town. Maybe they heard it in the, in the temples or in the teachings. But the disciples respond with the things that they've heard. They say, well, some say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, right? But notice Jesus comes back and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter pipes up. How many of you are thankful for Peter, right? He, he likes to make it known what he's thinking and what he, what he says is, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now that's a profound statement, right? Because up until this point, nobody had identified him as this just quite yet in this capacity or in this way. And here he is, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And notice Jesus' Jesus's response in verse 17. He says, blessed are you. Who? Peter. He's saying, blessed are you, Peter. In other words, there were 11 other disciples that were there with Jesus at that moment. And they all had heard the same teachings. They had all seen the the different signs, the different wonders, the things that that have been said. They, They were all a part of the same teachings. But notice, Peter had something different. Peter understood something that was a little bit different. Jesus says, blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed this. Everybody say revealed. You see, something had been revealed to Peter. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And so Jesus is saying, listen, Peter, you are blessed because what you just said, you didn't get from anybody else. You didn't hear about it. You didn't read it. You didn't hear it in a sermon. No, what you just said is something so profound. And it wasn't because you're so smart or because you're so educated or because you've been around the block. No, what you just said is something that has been revealed to you from my, by my father who is in heaven. You know, sometimes in our culture, we assume that the information we know is more important than how we get it. 
right? It doesn't matter where you get your information. It doesn't matter what, from what or how or from whom. All that matters is that you are in the know. But I want, I want us to notice something that Jesus is pointing out to us today. He's saying information alone does not bring revelation. Information alone does not bring revelation. You see, revelation brings transformation. And so Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus was saying to Peter, Peter, you didn't get this from a commentary. You're not just regurgitating things that you've heard. You're not just saying religious things or quoting religious statements that you grew up hearing in in the temple or in the church. You're blessed because you've received revelation from heaven. You see, how many of you know until we get revelation of the information, you don't have transformation? It's so much more than just understanding. It's so much more than just having the knowledge or going through the motion. Until we have revelation of what God is speaking through his spirit, we don't have the transformation that we need to see his kingdom established wherever we go. You see, when there is revelation on the inside about what God has said, about what he is illuminating on the inside, when we have that kind of revelation, how many of you know it changes things? It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you walk. And there is a different weight. There is a different level of glory. Why? Because you have received something on the inside from heaven. And this is what Jesus is pointing out. He's saying this is so important. That we would be people who don't just hear a bunch of information, who don't just hear important sermons, that we don't just go through the motions on Sunday and act like everybody else. But that we would be people who hear the word of God preached, and when it comes on the inside, we allow his spirit to speak to us in a way where it becomes alive, where it becomes real, where it causes us to see things differently. And Jesus is saying, listen, when you receive that kind of revelation, you will be blessed. You see, until you get revelation, you don't have transformation. Amen? And so here's Peter, and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are blessed because flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. In other words, Peter, if you were just saying what you had heard before, if you were just repeating this truth, it wouldn't have the same way. No, this is something that came from the inside that was given to you from my father. How many of you know we can, we can hear this and we can be like, well, what's the difference? It's, it's, he said the same thing. He just said the truth. But how many of you know there is a difference? There's a difference when it comes on the, from the inside. And so notice what Jesus continues to say in verse 18. He says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. Now, wait a minute. Didn't, just, didn't Jesus just call him Simon Bar-Jonah? Do you think Jesus forgot his name? And he's like, ah, well, ah just Peter. I'm just going to call you Peter. Right? Like, no, 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 no. How many of you know Jesus was intentional here? That word Peter comes from the Greek Petros, which means solid rock. Right? Solid rock. And Jesus is saying, you are 
Petros. You are a solid rock. Why? Because of the revelation that you have just received. Something has changed on the inside for you because of the revelation that you have received from heaven. Let me tell you, when you receive revelation from heaven, how many of you know it makes you solid? It makes you immovable. You can't go back to the way things were before. Why? Because something has been revealed to me and I can't act or live as though it is not true anymore. It is so true, it is so certain that I am changed forever. How many of you know that's what happens when we receive revelation from heaven? Amen. There's something that shifts on the inside. And so Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. And I also say to you, you are Petras and on this rock. That word is the same work, Petra. On the, in other words, Jesus is saying, listen, on this solid, massive, immovable rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many of you know when you receive revelation from heaven, it's on that solid rock of revelation in your life that Jesus will build his church. You want to know what makes believers really different? It's, it's believers that have heard the truth, that receive it, and it comes alive on the inside. And now when they go out, they can't go out the same way. Because they have received something from heaven that causes them to stand and to approach things differently. When does this happen? When does Jesus build his church? When we are people who receive revelation of his truth. And when do we receive revelation? When we hear the good news and we receive it and we care for it. You know, we often view Peter as someone who sticks his foot in his mouth, right? We've all heard it, right? Where, cause to that point, I mean, Jesus does call Peter Satan at one point, like get behind me Satan, right? So there's kind of these both extremes, but we kind of just assume Peter is this person that just speaks out of turn and sticks his foot in his mouth. But how many of you know, Peter was often listed as the first disciple, he was kind of the, the disciple of all other disciples. And he even did things that were more extraordinary, more supernatural, more, more supernaturally power-filled than anybody else. How many of you remember when Peter walked on water, right? Peter walked on water. And sometimes we make fun of Peter because he was starting to sink. Like, oh man, see, he, he didn't have the faith and he didn't believe and he's sinking in the water. Look at that, good old Peter. But how many have ever had it said about you, you began to sink when you were walking on water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Peter walked on water. And when, when he saw Jesus, all the other disciples were rationalizing with their own understanding. It, it must be a ghost, right? It has to be a ghost or, or some, some weird thing that's taking place. But Peter was the one that said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. Let me ask you, was, was Peter an idiot or was he blessed with a revelation that, no, that's Jesus. And if he tells me that I can walk on water, then I can walk on water. You see, there was a revelation on the inside that Peter had received. And when you receive revelation, it compromises you to the mediocre. And so Peter had this revelation that if Jesus's life was to be supernatural and extraordinary, his life was to be supernatural and extraordinary too. And so Jesus says, come, Peter begins to walk on the water and he does things that nobody else has done before. You see, it's the revelation 
that caused Peter to catch something that the other disciples did not catch. The revelation that Peter had received allowed Peter to do things that the other disciples who had heard the same teachings were in the same places, in the same environments, did not do. Why? Because Peter stood on that revelation. The revelation Peter received in his heart took him to a level where he was walking in the supernatural unlike any of the other disciples. You see, when you receive revelation, you refuse to just go on with the status quo. Why? Because when you see what Jesus has done for you, you know what Jesus has given to you. You know what belongs to you because of Jesus. And because you know that you know that you know you can't go back to the status quo. And so Peter does all these extraordinary things. In fact, the first 12 books of the book of Acts, or the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts, they're primarily about Peter, right? But how many of you remember who the second half approximately was mostly about? Paul, right? Paul, another person. And let, I want to see what he says about Revelation in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul writes this, he says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I, not, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice Paul says, I, not, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many of you know Paul is using almost the same identical language that Peter was, that Peter, that Jesus used when he was talking to Peter? It's the same identical language. Paul is saying there is something that, that we can receive that will take you to a different level of living. Is everybody with me this morning? There is something that you can receive that will take you to a different level of living. And when you receive revelation, it's never incognito. It's never hidden. No, the lights go on on the inside and you see something different that alters the way that you go about things. How many of you know if you were uh, working on a business deal, right? And maybe it took weeks and months and you put so much effort into this deal. How many of you know if you realize in a moment that this is a scam, it changes things? Right? You're seeing things different. And all of a sudden, because you have seen it differently, it is done. Right? It is changing the way that I'm going about things. How many of you know revelation changes things? It causes you to change course, to change the way you go about it. The change is the way that you talk. And the change is the way that you think. And so the two primary characters in Acts, the two primary people in Acts... They were ministering out of revelation, not information. They were ministering out of revelation of Jesus. Not just stories about him. And I think so many of us go out with stories about Jesus. We go out with some, maybe some good scriptures, with good intentions. But I think my question for you today is, have you seen Jesus for yourself?
Have you allowed Jesus to reveal himself to you in a new way recently? Where you come to him through his precious word. And you allow it to be much more than just words. It's as though you're looking face to face with him and you say, Jesus, whatever you want to say. Would you say it to me? I'm not just going to read my Bible for my check mark to say that I did my job as a Christian. We don't say that, but sometimes that's just the mode we get in. You know what I mean? We have good intentions. We want good discipline, spiritual disciplines. Those are important. But how many of you know there's so much more that Jesus is making available to us? He's saying, I want this book, I want these words to be so much more than just a learning opportunity. I want this to be so much more than just information. I want these words to come into your ears, to come into your eyes, and to come into your heart. And I want them to make a home. I want it to become so real that you will never be the same again. And when you receive the revelation of that, when you see receive the revelation of my truth in that way, you will never be the same. And that truth, that information, it's no longer just head knowledge. No, no, now it is power. Now it's something immovable, something that you can stand on. And so here are these two people in Acts ministering out of revelation, not information. I know him. I know him. Oh, that we would be people that know Jesus. That know his heart. That it's not just words. But that when we come, we would see him face to face and allow him to do his work. How many of you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Starting at verse 9, he says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, if we could only know the extent of what God has for you. It would blow your mind. In fact, you would probably say that couldn't possibly be. Because it is so wide, it is so deep, it is so far greater than anything we could come up with on on ourselves. But sometimes we read the scripture and we stop there and we say, oh, isn't that, that sounds, that's just so nice. So well written. But I want you to notice the next verse. Verse 10 says, but. Everybody say, but. How many many of you know there's more to this? It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Through who? His spirit. Let me ask you, how does he reveal his truth to us? His spirit. You want to know God's purposes for your life? You want to know his plan? You want to know how he's going to establish his kingdom in your home, in your family, in your community, wherever you go? It is by the revelation of his truth through his spirit. 
Let me tell you, you may not see what God has prepared for you with your physical eyes. You may not hear what God has prepared for you through your physical ears. But God will reveal his plans and purpose and truth for you by his spirit. Amen. You see, once it's revealed to your spirit on the inside, it belongs to you. How many of you know when you give your life to Jesus, we often use the term, you're born again, right? What does that mean? Right? It doesn't mean that I'm physically reborn. I'm not, I don't, you don't, once you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't revert to being a, a baby or a child or that you, you found the fountain of youth. No. What it means to be born again is that your spirit, how many of you know there's different parts of you? There's your, your, there's your body, there's your emotions, your, which is your soul, and then there's the spirit part of you. And our spirit, before we meet Jesus, is dead. But when we make him the Lord of our lives, our spirit is reborn and we become born again. And let me tell you, when you are born again, that spirit that is on the inside that is now alive in Jesus Christ, it is now one with his spirit. And it is so close. They become so close and so tethered that his spirit begins speaking to your spirit. And how many of you know that is where the power comes? That is where the transformation happens. It's from the inside out. It doesn't just come by going through the motions. It doesn't just come by just trying to be a better person or by trying to do the right things. No, it comes when born again believers who have heard the good news, who have received the truth, who have a born again spirit, allow his spirit to speak to your spirit. That's where it comes from. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Notice, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. How many of you know, would say, I know everything there is to know about God? Yeah, good. Nobody raised their hands. That was a trick question, right? Nobody, right, should be raising their hands. Why? Because it is limitless. He is limitless. He is endless. We will spend eternity discovering more about Him. But I want you to notice that there are deep things that God has, that has has hidden, and the only way to receive them is when we allow our spirit to receive them from his spirit. It says the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God, but the natural man, everybody say the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How many of you know when it says the natural man, it's not just talking about unbelievers. How many of you know there are natural parts to all of us, right? And the big one is our mind. And oftentimes when we, we, we hear scriptures and we hear things and maybe we've never experienced them. As soon as we hear the information, the good, the good news or the truth, we hear it. And what does our mind do? It tries to contextualize things based on our experience. And so when you can come to church and we can be talking about healing and we can read the word where it says, for, for I am the God who heals you. You might hear that and your mind immediately starts trying to interpret that in a way where it's like, well, he might heal me. But how many of you know God didn't say that? He says, I am the God who heals you. You see, there is a natural part of us that cannot receive the things of God. 
It says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. But how many of you are thankful there is another part to us that has been reborn, that is born of God, that has the same nature of God, that your spirit is one with the Lord, and that there is a part of you that doesn't have to receive the truth of God's word based on logic or reasoning. There is a part of you that has been reborn that can receive the things of God because it has been reborn, because his spirit is speaking to your spirit, and you now have the capacity to receive the things of God. And that's when the revelation comes. You see, there's a lot of people that come to church and they just, they try to receive spiritual things with their natural minds and they try to grasp the truths of God with their, with their mind. But how many of you know these things are far too great, far too deep for our natural mind to understand? But there is a part of you that can catch it. And when you catch it in your spirit, it changes everything. How many of you are thankful that not only do we have an eternity, but we have a spirit that is alive, that has been made alive through Jesus Christ. And he works on the inside out and he speaks to us on the inside. And he makes his truth known. He makes his truth real. He makes his truth alive. And it changes everything. I want us to close with this and look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. Everybody say, to you. What did Paul receive? Revelation. And notice what Paul's prayer is. I'm praying that he would give it to you too. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I do not stop. This is so important. Because it's not just enough to have information. You'll just go about life like everybody else. You need to receive from his spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why? Because until you get that kind of revelation, nothing is changed. Nothing is really altered, right? You're kind of just, you're, you're, you may be born again, but you're kind of just going through life like everybody else falling for the same lies and things that everybody else says. But once you get revelation, you get transformed. You move up to where supernatural things and the promises of God are effective in your life. And then notice what he says in verse 18. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. How many of you know this is literally the definition of revelation? Where things, the light suddenly turns on on the inside. You know, sometimes, and I, I've used this example before, and you would think I would learn from this, and, and, and I don't know why, but somehow at night I, I always think I can find my way through my house without the lights turned on. 
right? We have, we have this thing called Alexa in our home and we have a smart home. And so we say, Alexa, turn on the lights. We say, Alexa, turn off the lights. And she does it, right? Well, it's also this timer. And so at a certain point in the evening, the lights turn off and we're, everybody's in bed. And sometimes I just don't even want to say, turn on the lights, right? I assume I can go through my house and make it and do what I need to do and get back into my bed. But wouldn't you know that that that's usually true, but every now and then I'll be walking through my home and the lights are out and all of a sudden my pinky toe finds the corner of a wall, right? And all of a sudden I'm hopping around and there's excruciating pain. Why? Because the lights weren't on. And if we would just turn on the lights, I could navigate, I could get where I need to go, no problem. And so many believers go through life with the lights turned off. We don't receive that revelation, that enlightening where all of a sudden things turn on and we like, there it is. I see it. I don't have to go about my life the way that I've been going about it. I don't have to keep running into the same things that I've been running into. How many of you know many, many people can spend years, decades of their life running into the same obstacle? And what we really need is a face-to-face encounter with the Word of God. What we need is a face-to-face encounter with Jesus that will turn on the lights on the inside that says, I don't need to go that direction anymore. He has shown me the path of life. And now I know how to walk. Now I know how to live. Now I know how to think, how to feel, how to, how to respond when people say certain things. Everybody know what I'm talking about? There is a revelation of truth that Jesus has for us. And he's saying, this is how I build my church. On the solid, immovable rock of revelation of my word. How many of you know we need his revelation? We need his truth. Understanding comes when the Holy Spirit brings revelation of his truth to our hearts. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I'm just going to, as they do, I'm going to read this scripture again. This is Paul. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. Everybody say to me. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of you would say, I want to know him more? I want to see him more clearly. the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know and I can add that you know that you know that you know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power Toward us who believe. How many of you know this is why it's so important that we read our Bibles every day? And I'm not just saying read your Bible, go through the motion. No, no, no. 
that we would read our Bibles and allow ourselves to come face to face with Jesus. We need him. And for us to assume that we can go through our life without him is assuming that what we're really ultimately saying, and maybe you don't say with your words, but you're saying, I don't need him. I don't need him in my life. But I believe the Lord is inviting us today to be people who would not just put a bunch of information or pump a bunch of sermons and think we're becoming more like him. No, what we really need is face-to-face moments with him through the revelation of his word. You know, something that I pray when I open the word in the morning is out of Psalm 119 verse 18 where the psalmist says, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Can we just have that heart and just commit and just say, God, I want to know you and I want to have that heart of not just going through the motion of reading or doing my Christian duties, but that I would have a heart that would be open to receiving the revelation of truth that you have for me. Because how many of you know you can read his truth, think you understand, and not see what God is saying to you? But he has so much more. You see, when the Lord opens your eyes and says, this is what I'm saying to you, it changes everything. Can we stand together this morning? Let's stand. And we're going to sing the song here in just a moment. And I'm going to ask that this would be a continued conversation where we're saying, Lord, show me your face. Show me who you are. Stir up those promises. Maybe some of you here have received promises and maybe you've forgotten Lord, that we, that we would pray that the Lord would stir those things back up and that the light would turn on, on the inside, that we would never be the same, not because of what we can do or just because no, 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 but because we are people who have received his truth, his word is power. And so I'm going to pray this over you verses 17 through 19 out of this Ephesians chapter one. And I'm just going to ask if you are here and you're saying, I want more of Jesus, that with our eyes closed and our heads lifted, that we would just lift our hands to the Lord this morning. And let's just receive this from him. And I pray over you, everyone, every single person under the sound of my voice, that the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Oh, Lord, Lord, that you're the revelation of who you are, that we would see your power unleashed in our lives and that others would come to know you, that you would be glorified 
Lord, as we walk in this new revelation of who you've called us to be, we receive it by faith today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's just sing to the Lord this morning. Promise. 
of you know he is faithful amen he is faithful to his promise and i declare that his promises will come alive on you on the inside and that you will never be the same amen 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 well he is good all the time let's just do this real quick uh before you are dismissed be sure to grab your tree tags uh, sign up for Full and Focus. There's so much going on. We don't want you to miss out. But more importantly, we want you to be a part of the hope that we can bring to our community, to those around us. There are people that need to receive what you have been given. So let's do that this Christmas uh, and Thanksgiving, ho- the holidays, really, this season, everything that's coming up. All right. All right. Well, before you leave, tell someone, greet someone maybe that you haven't said hello to yet. Um, and then... W- If you are staying for the decorating party, uh, we have food on the way. Just stick around. We're going to start getting that coordinated. Um, But you can start making your way to a tree um, or to these bags over here. The tree needs to be set up. But we would love many hands make light work, right? Many hands make light work. um, And it's also just fun and good to be together. So let's do that. All right? All right. Well, you guys are dismissed. And we will see you next Sunday at 10 o'clock. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.